Hey everyone, welcome to Five Pin Universe's podcast number 26. I'm your host, Kerry Kreitz. We got the Wiseman twins, Dexter and Tim, Adam Weber, and our special guest, all the way from Prince Edward Island, JB Rainsberger. Um, open aficionado, hopefully soon to be Masters aficionado, as we've heard it lately that Maritime Masters is becoming a thing in 2021. And uh, we'll start off with Masters Nationals. Um, so I'll just read over some of the results here and then we'll have a discussion about it. Um, so Southern Ontario took home men's tournament team, ladies tournament team, men's singles tournament, teaching men's, um, men's team, and seniors team. Quebec took the ladies tournament single. Manitoba took teaching ladies team. BC took teaching men's single, teaching men's team, and seniors single. I do believe that's all the results. Hopefully we didn't miss anybody. No, what was that? Nobody sorry? kept track. There's no way to know because nobody kept track of what you said. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> and nobody listening that's to just the podcast a, will be watching. If there's anyone we forgot to mention, then send in your cards. And then... <laughs> All right. Um, obviously, three of the gentlemen on this podcast were part of the Alberta men, or sorry, two were part of the Alberta men's team, and Tim was Alberta men's single. They all finished with silvers. Um, how'd, the, how'd the lanes go in Quebec? Uh, well, they were, um, it was a challenge. Um, I think. An Anik Anik was a unique challenge for sure. Uh, we didn't get to play Kingpin at all. Tim got to Tim. Did you get to play Kingpin? Just Puri. No. Okay, so Tim just played Puri. Puri uh, Puri. I didn't mind at all. Uh, there was just no oil, so there was a, there was a lot of movement. Um, approaches seemed to be okay in the morning, and then the humidity hit. They got heavier as the day went on. Um, but re- realistically, the center the center ran really well. Um, the staff there were fantastic. Um, like I said, Anik was a, a very unique a, a unique experience. They they have um, maple approaches, synthetic front half of the lanes, and then pine back half of the lanes. So there's a transition in both, but their foul lines are broken and lifted. Um, and this is a, it's the it's the duck pin foul lines, right? Yeah, puppy. exactly. Yeah. So here, like for first game, Brad went double and then smashed a shield for a gutter. <laughs> uh, you know, first oh, they game, kept it. They did. Yeah. So they decided that uh, last year they didn't want to keep them in apparently because it was too much work for the staff to keep going out and putting them back in. But they just staffed extra people this time so that they would be able to keep them in. So they were getting knocked out all week. Um, Stephen Woods crushed him like five times the first day, easily. Uh, but I don't even know if that was like the most unique problem. I mean, that is unique, but uh, here we are having these the synthetics, and um, they're older synthetics, but they're they're all bubbled in the middle, which is really weird because it was like a full foot foot bubble, and there was multiple of them on most of the lanes. 
So, I mean, you know, you have a popped board or something like that. You know, you play a slightly different line, you're fine. But you have a, a bubble that's a, a foot wide. You have to play completely different angles all the time just to try to avoid it. Um, and then convince yourself it's okay to do. Yeah. So, it creates it, a, a unique uh, challenge for everybody to play it, right? Yeah. It's like playing trick shots all the time. you got to play far right and you got to lob it out past the, you know? <laughs> So and, and not hit the shield, and, and not hit can't, the shield. You can't lay it down because you're going to hit the shield. Yeah. It's, I was playing lines I've never played before. You know, playing nationals for nearly 20 years. So I, I'm playing 11, 12, 13 board breaks at an eek just to try, try to avoid these these bubbles. Mm-hmm. Which and the the foul lines are really what drove me nuts. I know last year for the open. Uh, they ended up removing all those uh, those shields after the first day because of everything. There's so many different issues out there. It's not even that bowler. Uh, I, I hate the fact that people are getting penalized for a legally delivered ball. And that, that That's probably the thing that really drives me nuts about it. But anybody else that's around uh, that has to hear this this shield get knocked out as, you know, mid, mid-swing. Uh, it's just, it's not fair for for the bowlers, especially at a, this type of an event. Uh, we're we're not open players, right? We're we're not out there to to damage lanes, right? You, you might get the odd loft out there, right? There, there's always guys that still do it, uh, but that's it's not the prerogative of, of the bowling centers, right? Or or the 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 bowling public at, at these type of events. So, um, yeah, those, those bubbles really drove me. That's definitely got in, into my mind. I, I think I I lost it there day two pretty good. <laughs> Um, and then yeah. get over to uh, get over to Pre and uh, very nice center. Uh, I, I definitely I, I like the vibe of the center. It, it was really yeah. nice. Uh, uh, again, no oil, so I, I'm playing lines again that I've never played before. Uh, finally found something about halfway through the the first day there and kind of carried that through. Uh, but again, go from like 13 boards and then try to play with. Um, I guess play the back end movements so you're still driving through the pins rather than sideways through the pins, mm-hmm. um, which yeah. is definitely tough. But th- there was score to be had there. Uh, any anything thick was was going, anything thin was going. I, I saw a few from Wayne Campbell, which just just left people just shaking their heads how these are strikes and big big key moments. So, but yeah. well, uh, uh, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about Adam. First time ever, I, I he went and watched. The, the tournament men before we played our singles and Adam had a little napkin out and did a little diagram drawing of where he had to throw the ball and it was really cute so he, he learned from it and he got, and he got it working out really well with that um, I should have signed I, it for you Tim that's an article right we're going to get an article with that <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, trust me a five year old could draw better but so we so we went out, out afterwards but Perry played, I uh, believe, three different ways uh, for for the singles. The first day, the, the lanes, like the approaches, were a little heavy, but they're okay. Um, and the ball was moving a lot. I think we benefited from the, that kind of movement only because we played that up in Grand Prairie, and you know, in Abbotsford, it was that way when we played out in December, not the Open, but December. So we do have a little bit of. Um, experience with those lines so i was okay with it i didn't have the problem with the bubbling of of the synthetic so you could throw that line you don't have to worry about the shields or anything like that the second day uh their air conditioning went so 
the second day, like even you're you're stepping and you can feel the humidity on the lanes and you couldn't even slide. So when Adam said there were scores to be had, it, there was no scores to be had either the first or second day just because you threw a double, you're up in your match. Um, and I, I don't think that had anything really to do with the management or how they set up the lanes. It's just the air conditioner went. You couldn't really do anything about it. Then the third day came and they, a little bit tacky for you guys at the beginning, but they got the AC working and all of a sudden we played the afternoon shift. It was like glass compared to the other days. It was, and then all of a sudden the scores would be had because you could finish your shot. Um, and it was totally different center after that. And then it went into the finals that way. So um, I have to give a shout out to Stefan. Stefan ran that center really well. It was very accommodating. And there was a kid there that didn't, didn't have any kids in the back. But this one kid busted his butt, and he was drenched all week. And he was running back and forth, and he was catching everything before even a judge of play got it. And uh, so I had to give him a little shout-out. He, was, he, was, he did a really great job there. So Agreed. no complaints. Yeah. No complaints. There was a lot of interesting talk about uh, the hitting of the shields and stuff, too, and what constitutes, like, uh, a dead ball. Um, because a lot of people thought the rule was was uh, worded that it uh, the ball must be thrown into the lane guard um, instead of you know what's really happening is bouncing into the lane guard. Uh, mm. But uh, in looking up the rule right now, yeah, it, it simply says the ball knocks out a C5 approved lane guard protection device out of the bracket or hits re, hits requiring the de- device to be repeatedly positioned. So um, it doesn't say anything about throwing it into it. It just has to knock it out. So unfortunately, it's just it's just such a shame that people are getting penalized for. And I, I hate I hate attacking centers, but I. They shouldn't be punished for the centers not maintaining their lanes, especially when they had a year to fix it. Like this was a real problem last year. You had a year to fix those foul lines, yeah, right? The, the Open Nationals last year, like the first day, I don't know how many times it got knocked out. Well, JB was there, like it was ridiculous, yeah. and uh, they end up taking him out because you just couldn't play. Yeah, exactly. So, so why why wasn't that rectified? So, so you're thinking, you're telling me you're paying extra staff, so you're paying a guy, say you're, it's 10 bucks an hour or whatever the minimum wage is out there to go to put in shields. So you hired a guy that weekend just to put it in. Wouldn't it be just more simple just to fix it or you know, take him out? Like, have a slow day in the summer. Take a belt sander to those foul lines. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, so this, this is a big problem, right, is that do you, uh, I mean, I think about what I would be like in that situation. If I don't know what to do, then I don't know what to do. And I think this is, you know, one of the big problems that we have across the country is that a lot of the knowledge of these little simple things is concentrated in a few minds. And for whatever reason, the other people do not feel comfortable asking questions. Yeah, and, and I guess that's the thing. is things like this as a result. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and they, sh- they should be, like, open to asking questions. There's lots of people who are willing to help, for sure. But at the same time, there's just a, not a, a lot of knowledge out there. I, I find that most centers are just kind of figuring things out as they go, and it's just kind of the nature of the industry. Um, but don't be afraid to ask, because there are people that are willing to help. You know, 
And there are other some Facebook of, groups out there. Sorry? Since some of them might be on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We're always willing to help. Anybody has questions, and if, if we have information that's pertinent, we'll help. If we don't have information that's pertinent, we won't tell you something that we don't know, but um, don't we be afraid should, to ask. We try all... to direct you in the right spot. Yep. And there's Facebook groups out there now for this kind of stuff too, guys. So um, if you don't know what they are, ask me or Tim. We can point you in the right direction. But uh, people are always in there asking questions and getting answers. So a lot more knowledgeable people out there than we are. But, uh, yeah, definitely look into it. Uh-huh. All right. Um, so we'll just move on from uh, the Masters there. So this may be a little bit – oh, yeah, sorry, Tim. Sorry, I have one thing. Um, I should say it on here. I want to say like, congratulations to Cody because Cody played well. Um, Chantel played awesome there as well. Uh, Melissa Llewellyn actually tied the record uh, for match wins. And she unfortunately lost in the finals. Um, Tyson Nelson wants to – I guess he listens to the podcast. He wanted a little bit of a shout-out. Um, I do want to point out that even though I got second, I did whoop his, whoop his butt 6-0 and for the weekend. So – there's your shout-out, Tyson. I booked your butt at National. Thank you. <laughs> so you're, you're done self-promoting, Tim? Or? I am self-promoting. I am self-promoting. Wow. I am self- but you know what? He says Weber Jr. He says he promoted WCBT just to beat me. So, I hey, we, we gain a member. So it's all about that right now. Okay. Hey, Timmy, here's the baton I took from Mitch. It's all yours now. <laughs> Uh, okay, so the next topic will probably be a little bit self-serving, actually. Um, so <laughs> the WCBT, August 9th, is launching a new event called the Gallagher Cup. Um, it's got its official, yeah. official name. Uh, 20 people have been selected and drafted. And we have two great sponsors that came forward and are supporting it. So one of the teams is called Team Innovator, and the other team is jbrains.ca by uh, J.B. Rainsberger himself. Uh, <laughs> if people don't know, there will probably be releasing on the WCBT Facebook page um, the teams here shortly. But uh, Dexter, Tim, and Adam are playing for J.B.'s team. I, unfortunately, am on the other team, so I'm going to hear Suck about it, this Carrie. for a while. Sorry, what's that, JB? Your popped up, Johnny McDonald said, Oh, I'm not on your team. That was how I found out at least one member of the team. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the team's have been announced. I better go take a look. <laughs> I like my chances. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's quite the age difference between teams, I think, is the main, <laughs> the main dispute right now. Well, actually, in our group messenger right away, somebody had mentioned that there's no way that teams could have been drafted, but they were 100% drafted. There was no collusion, no none of that. Um, People don't understand how random works yeah. or how drafts work. Yeah. So how, it just, it it just looks like we went one, two, three, four. Just... It just looked like we went down the list, so I was like, oh, all right. Oh. And I, I was okay with that, too, but I definitely I, – I was the one. I looked at it, and I was like, mm, that wasn't a draft. That was that was just a seeding positions. And, oh. I, 
I think Johnson was Johnson was a little bit high. Daryl must have picked him out of just favoritism. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> Aren't you just supposed to take the best player available? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oh, it doesn't work well for the Oilers. <laughs> See how it works for the Devils. So, so how yeah. did uh, how did it work? How did the draft work? How did you guys do it? Yeah. So. Um... Unfortunately, we couldn't get all the team captains, obviously, one spot. So, Daryl Bradley was one of the team captains. So, he was drafting, and Mark Johnson drafted on behalf of Lynn and Bruce. No. You asked. That's how it is. No, 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 no that's fair. Well, no, that's all right, yeah. That's so, jo- so, Johnny basically uh, helped us out. That's perfect. All right, good, good boy, teammate. Well, no wonder he drafted himself so high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that makes sense. Those lists are in no particular order, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, they, they, they should be. They should be. <laughs> no, they shouldn't. For sure they would be. I, I know Dex would be ahead of me. Yeah, for sure. Tim would be butthurt because he was last one out of the bucket, so. <laughs> well, that's fine. That's fine. Danny said it right. I, don't, I, I come in second. Why would you want to have your team comes in second? Uh... So, you guys have obviously seen the formats. What do you guys think of the formats? I, I like it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I like the mix between uh, pinfall games and pins games, and yeah. Um, yeah, I absolutely love the variety. Uh, I got to learn what Irish doubles is. Uh, it was it was really neat to see. Just it was good to see. All the various ways. I mean, we're so used to just bowling with the same format over and over again. It was really neat to see that there's actually a huge variety. It kind of reminded me, um, I, don't know, I don't know, maybe four or five years ago, I got a chance to go to a uh, bowling center in, a, in the basement of a community center outside of Karlsruhe, Germany. So they play nine pin out there. Yeah. Like the and they don't have like there's a standard tournament game if you go and watch nine pin bowling from central mm-hmm. europe on youtube there's like this one standard tournament format but otherwise like if you just go out with your friends to bowl there they give you a booklet with a whole bunch of descriptions of little games and i remember one of the ones that we tried is called fox hunt so you have three players there's a fox and two hounds so the way it works is the fox gets a 21-point head start, and then a fox bowl, the fox bowls, then a hound bowls, then the fox bowls again, then the, the other hound bowls, and you just alternate that way. And the idea is essentially that either the hounds catch the fox or the fox gets to a certain score, and if the fox gets to that score, then he's escaped. And if the hounds, if the fox gets down to zero, so every time the hounds score, my score as the fox goes down. And every time I score, my score goes up. So <laughs> then the objective of the game is for the hounds to catch the fox or for the fox to get enough points to escape. And that's like just one of this little booklet of like 25 different ways of playing nine pin bowling. And if I had made the connection like a month ago, I have a copy of it somewhere. I would have broken it out and seen if there was any game that would be let's say, dignified enough for something like the Gallagher Cup or would even just be a fun thing to try as sort of a side thing at one of the, at one of the tournaments. 
Yeah. So you know, that fox hunt idea that, that could be like, you know, two against one as an exhibition uh, at one of these tournaments. Yeah. <clears throat> That's super cool, actually. Not, nine pit is super interesting to me. Even just the way the regular scoring works. You know, you just throw balls and you, you it's yes. like you have what, like a, a certain number of balls, right? It's just the number of pins you knock down at that time period. Kind of like cricket in that way. Yeah. The thing, though, is the approach, there's no sliding. There are no bowling yeah. shoes. Yeah. That freaked me out because literally we walked in and I'm bowling in my street shoes. They didn't even ask. Like, I thought, oh, am I going to have to take, like, clean running shoes in to be able to do this? Like, I was all worried about what's going to – they're like, no, just go ahead. So, of course, I'm, I, can't, I can't stop myself from trying to bowl the way I've been used to for my whole life. So, of course, I'm just, like, taking extremely small, extremely slow steps and trying not to fall. Yeah. That was pretty good. But these folks, man, they take three heavy steps. Yeah. They let go of the ball, and then they take two steps after that. Yeah. Like it's you're throwing the javelin or something. It's really neat to watch. There's a guy out in Edmonton that like everybody met here. He uh, he played on the Croatian national team and he actually started nice. bowling uh, out in Edmonton. And he he came out one day. I was like, that guy looked so goofy. Like he was, oh, and but he's not he's not used to sliders. And he ended up with like a two thirty or something. He's he's been he coming over the summer. And he's he's a lot better than I was when I first started. That's for sure. So. Um, but he showed me some videos, and if you walk, you, you can't walk down a certain path and throw the ball, uh, like you can't hit a certain part of the lane, you can't throw it on, and if you get penalized, then it's pretty neat, yeah. And those nine-pin balls are big and heavy. Yeah. It's crazy. But very cool to try. Yeah, one day. Yeah, one day. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm really excited to find out... Uh, what, what the captains are gonna do? Oh, yeah, yeah, like what matches we're gonna get and yeah, whatnot. The first round it seems kind of inconsequential. Like you know, it, it's not, you know, it, they're it's both the, Baker's format, five-player Baker's formats. It's just a little, a slight variation. Yeah. But I think round two and round three will be um, interesting to see where the the coaches put people. Well, yeah, that's what we kind of designed it. So the the first round is just pretty much warm up right you're hopefully you're hopefully going to get a split one one and then the second round gets you into it the third round is the designing round like it there's so many more matches there's some key singles matches in there i think i think it's laid out pretty well and then the final if it comes to a, a close or whatever then you have that 10 player bakers to finish it right i think it's uh i think it's a good format hopefully we'll see um Obviously, it's going to be live streamed on Facebook and YouTube, and uh, we're going to have some guest commentary from uh, Shelby, Robert, <laughs> and we have a couple other guests coming in. So, um, you got the, do you have the sensor button ready for Gallagher? <laughs> the, the namesake will have to have his own beeper on. <laughs> Seven second delay. Yeah. I was a little disappointed not to see like a really tough bingo bowl. You can't, to close it you all can't do bingo. You can't do bingo on that, though. I don't find yeah. it. Yeah. I remember you guys talking about creating that on the, the old pro score system. Yeah. And, and actually just make like a really difficult one just to, to, to close oh, something no. like that out. Actually, I know what I would want to see. It just came to my head. I would want to see you guys play sevens. I think that would be hilarious. What sevens? 
So sevens is where you throw the where you try to get the lowest score possible. But if you throw a ball and don't knock down any pins, you get penalized by adding fifteen. And so a perfect score in every frame is seven. Mm. You pick both pins and a three pin. Okay. So a perfect game is seventy, and every time you miss, you get fifteen. Otherwise, it's normal scoring, and it's hilarious because when we play it with the kids, you know, if you shoot one twenty, one thirty, that's amazing. And otherwise, they're like, "I oh, damn, I threw another strike." <laughs> interesting that'd be tough yeah that'd be good i don't mind that i think that'd be a fun event yeah the the only thing that i'm i'm concerned about not not concerned um but i love the idea of the 10 players bakers 10 player bakers but i would have almost rather seen that round one or two mm. even just because I think it would matter more at that point, and I think it'd be fun to see. Because if, if it does matter at the end, then it, it's going to be amazing. But if it yeah. doesn't matter, then it's kind of anticlimactic in a way. So right. that's... But it, that would go with anything. At least everybody's competing for the final match instead of yeah. having a singles match at the end that doesn't matter. Yeah, no, I, I right. totally agree. I th- that, I was totally the, might, that was the idea. It might have a little bit of a feeling of a position player coming to pitch. Like, you know, it's, it's, it, it doesn't really matter, but at least it's kind of, it's a curiosity and it's interesting. And then. And you're still involved. Could be incredible. Yeah. yeah. For sure, Adam's going to be our anchor, so get ready, buddy. I doubt it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> He's running up there to throw number one. I just yeah. want to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. No, I'll probably be like, I'll probably be like seven, eight, nine, somewhere in there. No, the, the the problem is if he puts you anywhere else other than ten, you're gonna slow the team down if we're on strike. So you have to think about the team here, Adam. Well, it won't matter if it's <laughs> ball for ball; it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever. You know, Put him ball first for, ball? for the first time in his life. Doesn't bug me ever. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> no, I, we're really looking forward to it. A lot of effort went into it to get it all set up and. Um, obviously we can't thank the sponsors enough for it and uh some of the shirt designs are out now and uh hopefully we get that all rocking and rolling here in a little bit who's innovator uh it is actually a company that aaron arndt works for oh okay okay yeah i I knew there was some connection somewhere i'm just curious yeah they were awesome and stepped forward and uh from the sounds of it they didn't bat an eye when they were asked so Pretty, awesome. pretty cool to get a, a major corporate sponsor like that, not even, they just, yeah, we're in, we want our name on stuff, and that's good to go, so. Obviously, you know, JB's support for us as well. Yes. Thank, thank you, Promote East. Yeah. In everything. Yeah. yeah. Everything. Yeah. It's, I, it's I awesome. We, we truly appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Most, if I can't be there, then I can be there this way. Yeah. <laughs> So, JB, I guess we'll kind of move on to some questions for you. Um, not the guest sure. questions. The More of no the problem. going to Midland, going to... Did, oh, you didn't yeah. make it to Timmins, right? You got snowed out, was it? Correct. We, we tried to leave two days early thinking, oh, great, then we'll avoid travel problems. But that's the day the blizzard hit here. So we were, we were literally uh, three hours from our flight time, and that was when the, the, they finally started canceling flights. So we just had to pack it in. and right. So it kind of worked out because then, you know, the money we saved there made it easier to go to Midland. 
and obviously you played really well there. Um, did you enjoy the atmosphere of a... It wasn't a super big tournament, but it was definitely a great turnout for its first year. Well, and, and so, short version, yes, absolutely. I think the, the atmosphere was fantastic. I got lucky in that... Um, so I bowled there for the first time back at, in Christmas. That was when... Um, so when we came back... Uh, when we came back to Canada from the end of our trip, uh, we spent a few days in Oshawa and a few days up in Midland because that's where my wife's parents now live. And uh, they're like a 30-minute drive from the lanes. And so I got a chance to go there for the first time. Didn't have any of my stuff with me. Bowled in a rentals for the first time since I was 11. That was a little hard. <laughs> Fell over a few times. Um, but that was the first time getting to see this place that I never bowled in growing up. And I got to know a little bit the staff. And then when they announced the tournament, of course, I had to go back. And yeah, the um, and then I got a chance to bowl with Bobby and Mike and a few of the other guys um, the night before. Uh, so I got to know them a little bit. I had a little bit of an icebreaker, which was kind of nice, rather than sort of walking in and seeing a bunch of, you know, a handful of people that I knew, but you know, never, not real, never really got to know them that closely. There was one dude uh, who I hadn't bowled with since I was 19. That was awesome. Uh, and I didn't even recognize him right away, but I knew he was coming. Fabio Lancia, he was one of the guys that I, you know, because I grew up in Brampton, and so I bowled with Wade Thompson and Lance Burroughs and, and Bill Schwemlin, and Fabio was one of the guys that I was competing against for the Youth Challenge back then. So it was really neat. It was just, it, is this the first time we've seen each other in 25 years? Yeah, I think so. Um, so that was really nice. And the cool part for me about the, the tournament wasn't even necessarily all that stuff, but um, they had said that if they got to 90 entries, then they would expand the playoffs from 16 to 24 people. And they got to 89. So then uh, Mike just said, well, you know, if we could get enough money to cover the last entry and then everybody just immediately went up to the counter with money so we just all handed in five bucks a piece when there were 24 of us that was enough and uh that meant that we had uh 24 make the playoffs instead of 16 so that was really nice awesome mm -hmm. <clears throat> yeah it's always, no, always good to include more people up. too so yeah and i mean it, and and especially you know as it didn't matter to me because I was in the top eight, so it was I was it wasn't going to change what happened to me except who I faced. But it wasn't even just that, like, oh, we did that. It was that everybody was rushing the counter, handing over money, didn't even give it a second thought. And I could tell that Mike especially was was felt quite uh, encouraged by that. And you know, he was sort of he was nervous about how everything was going to go. And I think he finally did relax by Sunday. And you could see the look in his eyes. Like, yeah, we're, like, he's already planning next year. Um, yeah. And yeah. I had told him before it started, I said, look, don't worry about this one. Worry about the second one. If the second one goes well, then you have something. And I have, there's no doubt in my mind the second one's going to go well. Like, there, there are people who are upset they didn't go. They'll be there next year. And mm. as long as nothing terrible happens between now and then, so will I. <laughs> Super encouraging to get those numbers in the middle of summer. Um, awesome. Really, really good. We got, we got to know Mar Marlena a little bit, too, in, in Vegas. We met her, right, Dex? And yeah. she seems really gung-ho about doing that, too. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, and uh, the the conditions were fantastic. The pinfall was really good. Um, you know, it was it was weird because it 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 was it seemed easier the first day, and then it got a little harder. But like, thick hits went, which was the only reason that I shot what I did. Um, and, but I mean, they were quick. They were attentive. Um, and the conditions themselves, I mean, for worried about humidity and the approaches and all that stuff, now it was all really good. They even had um, dividers up, like those big room dividers, um, so that uh, if you're warming up on the last two lanes, then nobody could see you. Um, so there were a lot of little touches that really made it, like you could tell that they were doing everything they could to make that event come off well, and uh, they did a fantastic job. Can't wait to go back. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, and awesome. you just can't wait to go back there in December and bowl a few games while we're, while we're visiting again. <laughs> yeah, it looked like uh, uh, they really ran it, ran it well. Um, unfortunately, awesome. like, it sucks that we can't make a few of those tournaments, obviously guys have stuff going on in the summer but if they keep getting a turnout like that it won't be long you'll see guys coming from out west too yeah it doesn't yeah, take and much as far as, I know, as far as i know the plan is father's day weekend again so that's i mean the the bad news is it's father's day weekend the good news is it's father's day weekend so for the people you know <laughs> that's how it is and for the people that it's going to work for eh, they can make the excuse to go yeah Exactly. Um, so, will we ever see you come out to a WCBT event? I was so close to being there uh, in May. I had a client lined up in Calgary uh, that was going to hire me Monday to Wednesday, and then we were going to go up, and it fell through about a month and a half. In mid-March, it fell through. Um so yeah, I'm. I. I mean, I'm. It's really just a question of making the travel work. It's unfortunate that we're in Europe from mid September to mid December, and that's when the tournaments are that are probably the easiest to get to. Um, I. I don't know if I have the guts to go to Regina. Uh, <laughs> just. Um, you know, I, it's not that I'm above making the financial donation. That's fine. Um, but, uh, and it might be a little tricky to do Timmins and Regina in back-to-back weekends. Um, so then that does leave Red Deer as the, the target for May 2020. So we'll see. It's, uh, it's really just a question of, of uh, making the travel schedule work. Um, otherwise, I, I'm happy to go. And certainly... The first year that I decide that I don't want to go to the open and make it a lot easier to then go uh, out west in May. Yeah, make the financial mm-hmm. yeah. commitment and the time commitment. Yeah, as it stands, the time is, you know, I'm, I, we're at that stage where the financial part of it is really not the determiner. Um, and, you know, as long as this house stays standing, we're, we're in pretty good shape. Although I did have a rental property, uh, second rental <laughs> property to catch um, I saw that. That's unbelievable. That's after after 12 years of not really having major problems. I had an accidental fire last year and arson last weekend. So I'm thrilled about that. We're, uh, the insurance claim is ongoing. We'll hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. 
So hey, can I have a party at your place? No. Okay, I'm gonna set fire to your car. Thanks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> at least the guy's under arrest. I can do that. So JB, what kind of for our listeners out there to get you out to the tour? What kind of clients are you looking for? <laughs> so, uh, uh, all right. So on the off chance, is it a one? Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a software consultant. I specialize in agile software development, um, and my specialty specialty is in. I tell people I don't fix computers. I fix computer programmers. So. <laughs> Part of what I do is help programmers have better habits writing software. Part of it is having them have better habits just working in general. Um, you'd be surprised at how sloppy software developers are. Um, and part of it is helping them learn how to talk to each other better. Um, so some of it's sort of cliche consultant bullshit uh, that <laughs> is still important. Like talk to each other and treat each other as humans and the team matters more than the individual and all that good stuff. And part of it's hardcore, hey, dummy, here's how to here's how to keep track of what you have to do so that you don't have to constantly worry about what are the next thirty seven things that I'm that I need to do while I'm doing this one thing I should be focusing on. Stuff like that. So um, I'm really interested in working with companies that uh, have reached the point where they're no longer using their software organization as a fashion accessory, but actually care about the results that come from their software development. And I can help them, uh, as I like to say, get cash in their pocket sooner. That's mm -hmm. my that's my elevator pitch. There you go. <laughs> All right, so we might as well hit you with the the special guest questions that we ask. All right, our... I'm ready. Awesome. So, bowling mentor. So I'm gonna break with the pattern because uh, my dad had jack to do with me. So uh, my mom got me involved in bowling, but she didn't really know anything about the game, so she wasn't a mentor. She was just the she was a person who got the thing started who put up with me for the first year and made sure I kept going back. And it's a good thing, too, because apparently I hated it my entire first year and then loved it after that. So I was the typical four-year-old who didn't know what he wanted. And then as a five-year-old, suddenly, apparently, I want a bowl now. Um, and so, be, you know, I didn't have a family member who was an accomplished bowler. Like, I had, you know, cousins that I bowled with in family, twosome and that kind of thing. But family was more, for me, about... Uh, getting me out to the lanes and keeping me there. And it wasn't until, I guess, my teens that um, I started to work with the folks at Brampton Bowl. Um, and so, uh, you know, warm thank you to uh, Pat Jepson for running that place for as long as she did um, and for giving me a place to bowl that was a 10-minute walk from my house. And it was actually a couple of the parents um, – Wade Thompson's dad was one of the people who tried to coach me uh, when I was growing up. And um, Scott Hitchcock's dad, whose name, for whatever reason, I can't remember. Um, those were the two who were there when I was practicing three times a week through the summer at you know, 15, 16, 17, trying to be any good. And I never was. Um, so that's, that's on me. Um, and I think now 
instead of having sort of that one or two magical mentors who were everything to me in my development, um, you know, I've been waiting for 20 years to have a, co a community of, of peers uh, who I can use as coaches, and that's kind of what I have now. So, um, you know, now that we finally had a chance to meet, uh, you know, you're you're in that group whether you like it or not. <laughs> but especially, you know, some of the folks out here, John Walsh is a really great guy to be able to talk to because he's heavily technical like me, but is also very interested in the psychology part like me. Um, Sylvain Bercier and Maxime Lafreniere have been really helpful. Um, and, uh, you know, well, that's kind of what I want to do now. I've got, I've got this network of a bunch of people who, uh, I don't think are quite prepared for how much I want to bug them every day. Um, but, uh, but that's sort of my, they're sort of my mentors now. Um, a little bit peers and a little bit mentors. Yeah. And, uh, I guess the double down on what you just said. Uh, you answering or questioning on Five Pin Universe, asking all these questions. I love, I love seeing it. And there's quite mm -hmm. a few people not part of this little group from Manitoba, um, Saskatchewan, Ontario, answering your questions. It, it's awesome to see every, from across the country. I, yeah, I, I tell you. What, oh, sorry, go ahead. I'm well, sorry. I, I tell you what. If we had the passion you did. And how much love do you want to get better and all that? I think I think I think the sport would be right there. I tell you, it, it's pretty incredible what kind of passion you have, JB. Um, and I, I like we, we get excited for when you do make those comments because somebody does care and somebody does want to get better and and I think we find that really awesome. So don't yeah, don't fine. stop. And we get excited when you do well. Like when you when you did well in Midland there, um, we were all very excited. Yeah, we're group yeah. texting each other. JB made the cut. Almost as excited as Alan Clark. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was beautiful. Yeah, I don't. Uh, the uh, the three seventy in practice. That was that was sort of the like. Oh, now I, I made a good impression on these guys. Maybe they'll talk to me now. Um, <laughs> that was really all it was. And then I don't oh, know what happened sure. the next day. For sure. I I, I, I all that. The funny thing was, I so I tried to run, um, I tried to run a big tournament here last year, uh, and it didn't quite work. I, I I had the goal in mind of doing a weekend thing, and I remember I you guys might remember that I uh, had even talked about um, the the Friday night fun event was going to be retro scoring. Mm -hmm. Okay. I was going to be like the counter pin rule with the old pin values, um, and then Saturday was going to be the main event. And Sunday was going to be the playoffs, and I thought. I should be able to draw at least a handful of people from, you know, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick. Maybe I could get, like, Christina Herbert talked about coming out. And I thought, oh, this might actually work. And then nine people showed up. And, I mean, it was a fun event. Um, but it made it a little bit harder because, of course, my big thing was I wanted to guarantee a $1,000 first prize. I thought if I do that, then maybe we will sort of get people to come out. And then I shot 1444 for the first five and shot 2101 for the, the eight. And I think I won three of the high game pots. I won the 225 and up survivor pot because I needed to win my money back because the entry fee didn't even come close to covering the $1,000 first prize. Yeah. <laughs> and then I made it in the final against John and totally just 
melted down, and he beat me. And I, you can see the look at his face. He was like, he was almost pained beating me in my own tournament. And he even said, oh, you don't have to pay me the prize money. Like, no, absolutely not, man. That's you just tell me where to send the money, and I'm going to send it. Um, yeah. It would be nice if we could get some of that stuff out here, but uh, it's unfortunate that the... Uh, I, I just I think that the critical mass just isn't there. I think we need ten more people, and we just don't have them. Yeah. I was hoping a couple of people would come out of the woodwork, but eh, didn't happen. Yeah. That's fine. That's really kind of the beauty of how like now we could have talked about this earlier, but that's kind of the beauty of the maritime masters coming in now, um, where you know you, you may not have those ten people there, but you're going to have them between Nova Scotia and, and New Brunswick and. Um, I think it's a good out outlet for people that want to be more competitive out there. Or, you know, I mean, they get to play in the open, um, which is great. And But uh, the nice side of Masters is you do have the teaching divisions as well. Um, so maybe maybe you'll get to expose the game to, or the national level of the game, to more people out there. It, it's positive. I'm glad that they... Yeah, the Sorry? IP is huge here. And... Yeah. and... You know, because we have many more pins over average bowlers than we have mm -hmm. uh, bowlers, and you know, so I'm I'm uh, I'm a little worried that between the Open, the IP, and the Masters, we're going to be oversaturated. Um, but uh, I think that uh, Masters offers more than enough to get people excited out here, and you know, aside from the fact that you know. Say going all the way to Gage Town is not an enjoyable trip for a bowling tournament. We just we did that earlier this year as a uh, it was for the Charlottetown people a 25 hour day. It was 23 hours for me from beginning to end. Um, you know it's fun until we found out that we had to drive through St John and back up because the highway was flooded, um, and that added an hour in each direction. Um, yeah, we can do that once a year. I'm curious to see how the how the uh, I guess whatever you call it the regionals are going to work um, yeah. in terms of how that's going to move around and and but yeah it, it's i i'm absolutely thrilled that uh that um you know valerie led the charge in, in making that happen um and i'm curious to see uh how it's going to affect the numbers for the open um and for the ip i hope that uh i hope that there's enough love to go around yeah fair <clears throat> Sure. I I think I think Alan and I know Valerie was on that board, but I know Alan and and those guys, uh, they I think they have a pretty good base of things going on in in PEI on the five pin side, where I I I think the Masters might not be it might not hurt them as much as it could I think because I they have a they, they built it up I mean those guys really built it up to something out there. Um, I know where you guys were before they were part of the board. Now where they are now, I, I, I think the your, your guys' participation is way better than it ever has been. And I think, including Nova Scotia and uh, New Brunswick to the Masters, it might not necessarily pull all those people away. Right. Yeah, and, I mean, I really want to make sure that everyone hears this: that if it were not for Alan Clark, the PEI Five Pin Bowlers Association would be in a scrap heap in the corner right now. I think mm -hmm. that Alan, absolutely amazing job. Um, you know, I did my two-year stint as treasurer. I didn't really do much. I stayed behind the scenes. I counted the money. Um, that was it. What he's done has been heroic, 
And uh, I cannot thank him enough for being willing to do that and most importantly being willing to do it so that I didn't have to because I was really worried about whether I would have the energy to do what he did and there's no way. I wouldn't have done half the job he's done and I wouldn't have done it with half the joy he's done it with. And uh, so thanks to him, sure, for leading the charge and for all the people who've been helping him out. Yeah, I I tell you, like, uh, on a side note, I've been to a couple C5 meetings um, and you have a couple times you look back, it's like, man, I don't know about that province, like, you know, I don't know what they're thinking, right? You know, probably say the same thing about Alberta and what I'm thinking, right? But but every time I came out of a meeting, I was like, man, PEI has always been awesome. Like, they always are on the right path, and Alan's, Alan's a really good guy to, to lead that, that charge. So, I mean, yeah, kudos to PEI. Cool. That was a- Awfully long answer to your first question, Gary. Oh, that works perfectly. That segues <laughs> right into uh, what's your favorite tournament? <laughs> oh, right. We're still on this. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, it would, be, it would be easy for me to answer the 400 North Lifestyle Invitational. Um, actually, I, so I really don't have a favorite tournament. Um, I, any, any tournament that's on that I can get to is my favorite. Um, I haven't, I haven't been to one that I even didn't love. Um, there have been some moments at the open that I would be happy to have lived without, but otherwise, um, yeah, there's, there's no favorite. Um, I'm, I, I love them all. That's a perfect answer. Uh, so then what would be your toughest match? So, uh, I, I think probably... There's two that come to my mind. One of them actually was from the, if you can believe it, the 91 Ontario Winter Games. Uh, so this was the youth, so before the Youth Challenge had a national tournament. Um, the Ontario Winter Games during the odd-numbered years was the provincial championship for Youth Challenge. And so I was on the Central Ontario team in 91 with, uh, yeah, that was with Wade and Bill Schwemlin and Oh, geez, I can't remember the other two guys. But at any rate, we were, I was having an absolutely terrible day, and um, I think we were coming down to the wire, and I had to strike out and give us a chance, and I somehow did it, and nobody knows how I did it, and I don't know how I did it. And, like, it was one of those weird, almost, like, movie style, I'm down, I'm down back of the approach, facing backwards, sitting in a kneeling position, trying to calm down. And then I just got up and threw three strikes and walked away, and I don't even know what happened. Um, so that was the one thing that I did during that whole tournament that actually helped the team. But uh, my match against Tracy Ormiston last month was absolutely fantastic. Uh, we were, I think she was up four after the first game. She was up three after the second game. Um, and it came down to she punched in the 10th for me to not need to throw a ball in the 10th to win. And I think, I don't remember exactly the final score, but it was something like 770 to 755 uh, for the three games. And that was just like I, so the, of course the, the funny part is, oh, I'm going to win this match. The second funny part was, oh my God, I'm going to beat Tracy Ormiston in this match. And the even funnier part was we were in lanes three and four. And in between lanes two and three is a picture of Tracy next to her 2002 championship banner. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so I got to look at that while I was bowling against her. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Um, and then I kind of tanked after that. So we'll try to forget that that happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what's in your arsenal? What are you throwing? Uh, so uh, I have fallen in love with the Aramith 5-inch, 3-pound, 12-ounce balls. Um, they actually came in light when I got them. They were three pounds, 11 and a quarter ounces. That disappointed me for a moment. Um, <laughs> but I, I love that I can throw them and they mostly go straight. Um, and when I first threw a ball that heavy and I saw the pins scream in terror as the ball hits them, I thought, yeah, this is what I want to see. This is fantastic. <laughs> you know, a month to get used to the weight. And now when I try to throw my four and three quarter inch, three pound, six ounce Cobras, they feel like candle pin balls. I can't throw them anymore. Yeah. Uh, that is a um, drastic change. That is yeah. as drastic a change as you can make. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I have these. I have the same. I have the same problem as Mitch, right? I have these tiny hands. So <laughs> Mitch, get the attention now. <laughs> there he is. <laughs> the what, what is this? What is it like twenty? Twenty six in a row, right? <laughs> yeah. Which which podcast is this? Twenty six. Okay, so we missed one in there. So we missed one. 25 for 26 yeah. now. Right. Um, so, yeah, so, I mean, I always had I always had problems with my grip. And uh, at some point, Ken Byrne just said to me, oh, that's nerves. I kind of, hmm. And so then I went back home, and I just kept telling myself, my grip feels great, my grip feels great, this ball's not moving. And suddenly that's how it felt. And now I can hold on to these five-inch balls, and, and it feels like normal. Um, the point now where I pick up a four and three quarter inch ball and it feels like a marble, which is fantastic because that means that I can throw those if I need to. Now I just need to get some four and three quarter inch three tens so that I can have those as backups. Right. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, I think I seen you posted something that you do have uh, bowling shoes. You haven't moved the customs right. Yeah, I, I, I had to buy an emergency pair of the nines because uh, otherwise I wasn't going to be able to bowl in Timmins that I didn't get to. Uh, so I'll, I'll run those into the ground and then uh, I'm going to have to go custom. I, I Might as well try that next, why not? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. Um, so do, I guess you probably kind of already answered this, but do you kind of have a bucket list, a, an event or something you want to accomplish in the game before you decide to hang up the shoes, put the balls away? Well, so um, I at least want to uh, bowl at the Open as a single. Uh, I have no illusion about winning it, but certainly I'd like to bowl in the Open as a single. I came close two years ago, came down to the 10th, um, and uh, that I definitely like to do. I certainly want to bowl at more centers. So I, you know, I... We spent a couple of years living in Dauphin, Manitoba. I got to bowl there for a while. Um, but there's, you know, aside from the Open, I've never really had a chance to go out west and just bowl. I think I went to, I got to bowl at a free fall center somewhere outside Vancouver. at Burnaby, on a, Old, Old Orchard? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah. And then a few years ago, I was at a conference in Vancouver and got to bowl at Commodore Lanes for the first time. Oh. So that was fun. Um, so yeah, I, I you know that's one of the things is I I you know I would like to just bowl in more places, just to go across the country and 
bowl in some of these little, you know, there's the one bowling center on the drive from Winnipeg to Dauphin where it's like, you know, they're next to a convenience store. So you walk into the convenience store and they give you the keys to the bowling center and just lock up when you're done and pay us on the way out. I want to do that kind of stuff in bowling some of those places. Yeah. Well, still. Um, and uh, I know there really isn't an on TV to bowl on these days. Um, but I hope I hang around long enough and the tides change so that I get to bowl on TV at some point. Uh, I still go back and watch the 95 championships on YouTube a few times a year. Um, I remember what a big deal it was to watch that stuff growing up. Um, and in some form, one way or the other, I'd like to bowl on TV before I'm dead. Yeah, agreed. I think that's... uh pretty much on everybody's bucket list I said except for Adam you played CBC sportsman wasn't it sport yeah the sports state thing yeah oh nice yeah. <clears throat> I ended up getting delayed I think there was uh, some really big injury in the rugby sevens or something like that and uh, we, we were delayed about 45 minutes so we they didn't even get our full match in on live TV <laughs> yeah but, I remember that but, but we, we were said- there Rosetti was doing the commentary. I remember that. Yeah, it was that Could Chinook, have been, yeah. Chinook, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was you and uh, Ian Gow was there and Simone yeah. was there. Yeah, I remember that. It was good. I think uh, Carol was Ian there, Gow. too. Uh, Jen Layden. Who else was there? Yeah, really, it was a really good event. Yeah. JB, are you familiar with the late Terry Burns and what he did? You, I know you, about script, yeah, in 2009. Yeah, yeah it's the it, kind of thing that I like to do. It's a little tougher when you don't drive, but uh, it is the kind of thing that I would like to do for sure. Yeah. You should uh, you should talk to Stu Ryan. Stu Ryan oh, yeah? was around a bowl to a lot of places. And he, he bowled in one that's uh, on the island there that's still handset. Mm. There's, like, there's one place on the island where they still handset pins, and they have the pin boy back there. <laughs> so, or I think this one was a pin girl, but yeah, um, that would be really interesting to go do. Well, so I got the chance uh, a few years ago. I don't, I don't go into that country anymore for business, but I did get a chance to do a um, like a, an evening event in Boston, and so that was the first time on that trip was the first time I bowled duck pin and candle. Uh, yeah. So I got to bowl pin in North Billerica. Massachusetts, like 35-minute train ride outside Boston at Collins Bowladrome. Shout out. They're still open. And uh, and then I bowled in South Boston Candlepin for the first time. And that's a hell of a lot of fun. Um, for people who never got a chance to go to the um, Defi Duckpin in Quebec City, if they ever do something like that again, uh, highly, highly recommended. Maybe not great for the five-pin bowlers because they didn't have... There was no tops to the pin deck so like Mike Snowbay ripped the ball hit the one and five pin the five pin jumped up hit the lights in the curling club and the pins like flying <laughs> down the red five pin bowlers were throwing hard we didn't have a chance and of course all the all the Quebec duck pin bowlers are bowling backhand so they're just that's what they were expecting but that was a lot of fun and that was get four lanes handset the whole thing so it was cool to have that experience at least yeah. I even made the playoffs to that one the first year. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That was so, the yeah, one good thing about Anik. Was that, yeah. that duck pin 
We we ended up playing one game of duck pin there. It was, oh, it was a hell of, yeah. hell of a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, soft belly, soft belly duck pin. Yeah. Um, Still never but, rubber duck pins. Yeah. We we were anticipating having to throw it slower. We didn't have to. We were, oh, sorry. <laughs> my, my bad. Damn. <laughs> we, we were just ripping it up the gut, and it seemed to be just fine. I mean, Adam threw his normal shot, and he was good. Uh, yeah. uh, no, because I would like to try that. The uh, I, I've, I've only bowled duck pin in a proper duck pin center once, where you could throw the ball hard, and you had the nice, super slippery uh, pin decks and the bouncy side walls and all that stuff. And yeah, it's uh, it's very cool. It's just a shame that all those centers are in the wrong country. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were we were lucky here in Alberta. There, well, this is quite a few years ago, but Fort McMurray used to have soft belly duck pin ups upstairs mm. in their center. Mm. You could play it. Oh, that's cool. It's long gone I now. Heard a rumor that there may be a bar in Edmonton area that will be putting in a couple lanes of duck pin. Now, I'm not 100% sure in what capacity, whether that's just going to be like the Route 66 machines, like the, the mini bowling, or what it's going to be, but I heard a rumor that that's a possibility. Interesting. So. Yeah, because that's been a big discussion over the last few months, right, is the proliferation of string machine duck pin centers uh, down there, and you know, so there's the the folks who are like, oh, okay, well, it's, it's great if, if any bowling center is opening and the other people, you know, I'm going to guess a little older who are perhaps against the idea. Yeah. Um, but hell, if there's 60-foot lanes, I don't care what's what's there. I just want to throw it and see what happens. Well, <laughs> even even 10-pin, they've started certifying. Um, in Canada, they have certified uh, stringed machines for sanctioned tournaments and stuff as well. So, yeah, just, so it, it is moving that direction. Here, I assumed that, that was going to be a no-go from the beginning. I yeah, guess that's, no, you got to you got to just adapt to the times, right? Right. And at some point, you have to start making it easier on on, uh, on the centers, too. You know? And that certainly well, does. I have to say, watching those 10-pin string machines try to get the pins back up is just... I don't know how anybody does that, because it's, it's terrible. But it's amazing. It, it always seems to work. Five times on every ball. <laughs> yeah. But they don't <laughs> tangle. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's mesmerizing, but I'm not sure it's practical. <laughs> Whatever, it Whatever it takes. It's fine. Uh, so anybody else got something they want to bring up, talk about? Uh, I got a question sent in to me. Um, what does each member of the cast and the guest think makes a good teammate on a bowling team from leagues to the national level? Hmm. Positive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you have to bowl well. So that's 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 one. You know so what? you're not a good uh, team member, <laughs> eh, to me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, shots fired. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, for me, Adam's absolutely right. Positivity is number one. For sure. Um, yeah. I think it's the most important thing. I think it trumps even being, like, fantastic at a nationals. Um Skill, I mean, obviously, you know, you're at a national level. You you want your guys to play well, um, but positivity wins over that, unless unless they're, like, you know, absolutely awful. But even at that point, things like the open and stuff, if you're sitting on the bench, you know, 
be a positive team player. It's amazing how quickly negativity will suck everything out of the room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And and then at that point, everybody's screwed. Yeah, I think that's kind of my my main thought yeah. is, you you made it to the national level. You deserve to be there. You have the skill. You you can throw. Be present. Be with your team. Be there all the time. Even after the bowling's done, after day one, go out, hang out with the team. You you have to be there for them because there's going to be somebody that didn't play very good that day and is going to feeling in the dumps. And if you're not there trying to support them, it's not going to help. Buy in. I absolutely agree with you, Kerry. You have to be 100% bought in that team. Um, yeah, I disagree with you. My team wasn't there when JB had a higher average than me after the first day of the Open. Um, <laughs> you're I, right, I, we I, weren't. I, you, you, you want me to show me, you the message? Yeah. <laughs> everybody, everybody wanted to wallow, let me wallow, and I made sure, you know. Uh, oh, did you see JB's post? Yeah, I saw JB's post. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was warranted. I mean, I, what am I supposed to say? I sucked. But that being said, um, I started on the bench, and, and uh, I bought in being started on the bench. <laughs> so, <laughs> but to, in, all, in all honesty, positively, positive, positive, <laughs> yeah, attitude Nailed. and yeah, and, and buying on a team. That, that's what makes championships. You watch every team that wins; they always buy in with each other, right? So, I think one big thing as well is just know that a national event's more than one day, right? Even if you struggle one day, you have other days to, to build up your game. So hey, don't don't go into, like, pure self-pity mode for, for the evening and go get drunk and, you know, come back the next morning hungover expecting everything just to magically fix, right? Just kind of come back the next morning with that positive energy and, and, and work with your team, Right. Because you keep that positivity, all of a sudden you get a bit of a, a role, and then you're one of the focal points of the team, right? So just just remember, it's more than one day. Yeah, I think that um, this is an area where I've changed a lot, even just in the seven years since I've been going to the Open Nationals, where I was the... Seven years ago, I was the person who felt like I had to prove myself that I am supposed to be there and I wanted to do the best I could for the team. Because that's one of the weird things about bowling is that, yes, we bowl as a team, but kind of like baseball, it's very much an individual event. I mean, it's not like I can do, I can't catch a fly ball for you in bowling. I can't, you know, I can't be so good that you get to play in the hole more. Um, so in a, in, in, you know, in a way, it is a very individual thing. And I think I might have taken that a little too seriously and thought, well, I need to do absolutely everything I can to make my to make me perform the best, so that that will help my team the most. And it took me a few years to really buy into the idea that not necessarily that yes, uh, if I go out there and average 160, I'm probably not going to help the team no matter how positive I am. But um, I probably care more about helping the other people on my team than I care about my own performance. And that, I think, has made a big difference in how my... I'd like to say that makes a big difference in how my team perceives me. Obviously, you can ask them, uh, since it's often a very similar group of people from year to year. Um, But that, I certainly feel more like 
yeah, I want to be there all the time. I'm, I'm, I never sit down. I don't want to do anything other than be uh, as close to whoever's bowling as they are willing to let me be, um, and keeping them focused on the next ball, the next ball, the next ball, the next ball, and none of that stuff matters. It doesn't matter what happened earlier. It doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters. Just the next ball, the next ball, the next ball. And, you know, that's, I do that as much to remind myself as I do to support them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, in the last few years, I've bowled with a handful of people who have, you know, gone to a national tournament for the first time and are behaving exactly the same way as I did my first time. And now I laugh because, yeah, <laughs> I recognize what that's like. You can't get upset on the third ball you throw. Um, well, you can, but you've got to let that stuff go. I think one of the things that really changed for me was um, a study I read about a few years ago that said that um, venting doesn't actually make negative emotions go away. Venting actually causes you to hang on to negative emotions longer. So, you know, that you, you probably heard about the whole thing that if you feel physical pain, then you should swear as loudly as possible and you do actually feel the physical pain less. Um, it goes away more quickly. But if you vent when you're feeling emotional pain, it actually causes you to hold on to the pain longer. Um, it's not as intense, but you hold sort of a longer tail. So you end up seething quietly for longer than you would if you just actually let it go. And when I read that, I thought, eh, I'll give that a shot. And uh, I have to say, letting it go feels a hell of a lot better. The frustrating part <laughs> then comes when you're with teammates who don't know that yet. And you're like trying to scream at them to let, screaming at somebody to let their pain go send tens not over. So then the only thing you can really do is just keep going and going. And that's what's really nice about working with the kids here that, um, you know, I'm doing some coaching clinics this summer and we're spending about a third of our time on purely mental stuff. And, so, and a lot of that is this sort of stoic zen, this feeling will pass, uh, you know, don't worry about it one way or the other. We're going to do next week, we're going we're gonna to practice saying interesting every time we make a bad shot. If they make a bad shot, they're going to have the impulse to go, oh, or say something like, I can't hit those corner pins, which drives me nuts. Uh, and I'm just going to teach them to say, no, no, just practice saying interesting. I completely fell over on that shot. Interesting. And, you know, after interesting, then the next step is laughter. Once you get to the point where you can laugh hysterically after making an ass of yourself out there, <laughs> Yeah. Amen. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. That was what I that was what I did back in Midland. My the lat the end of my match against Ryan was abs show, punch 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 strike punch, and I'm done. And after the fourth punch out of five, um, I just started screaming in in laughing in absolute uh, delight with just how terrible it was going. I don't. <laughs> there's cells for me to move. I've already. Six boards. There's no for, There's no place else for me to move. My body is insisting on punching. I guess I'm done. Yeah. yeah. All, you been there. Is, all you can do is cry and laugh. Yeah. Now only to get Gino to say interesting instead of Ferdinand. <laughs> <laughs> or cockroach. Or... <laughs> Burn this house to the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, on the other side of that question, uh, what makes a good teammate for leagues? Uh, teammates mm. that buy beer. Yeah, 
league, I guess. If you if you're invested in it, um, treat it like you're at a national. Support your team. But if you're using it as practice time, laugh it off. Have fun. Use it as practice. Don't don't take it so serious. Tim Tim yeah. is pretty good league bowler. He knows how it's done. <laughs> Thursday night champs. It's the a, best the best league bowler. <laughs> That that's why I send that to Kerry. Kerry congratulated me on my second place. It's like, oh, I would have won in league. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. don't have so much here as social clubs. Um, people get together and bowl in the same place at the same time, but it doesn't really have quite the league feeling that you might have. Um, but yeah, just enjoy, have fun, talk to each other a little bit. We play cards too while we're bowling so that's always good people who keep ponying up the money even though they're not going to win very often that's uh, always appreciated <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly well I just remember yeah. remember what type of league you're in too right if you're in a yes. bit of a fun league and you're going out there guns blazing as the 260 guy <laughs> in a next high average is 220 just remember your place Right. Yeah. Don't 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 boast. You know, just yeah, go out there yeah. and treat it treat it for right. what it is. Yeah. Don't be a dick about it. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Yeah. You sound like you have somebody in mind there. No, no, I don't play league. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. He played one league last year and he got owned, so now he's quitting. That's not what the Masters website said. Yeah. It's going to let it go. Interesting. Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, this feeling too will pass. Laugh, Dexter. It's time to laugh now. This is not a laughing moment. I'm laughing. (laughs) All right. I think we're going to wrap this one up. We well went over the hour hopefully nobody's too disgusted that it's another long one but uh jb i just want to thank you for joining us i know it's late out there but uh awesome well thanks guys yeah thanks yeah. guys thank, thank you, you. Thanks. Cheers, jb jb sorry she 